wasting time. All the daughter just is wasting mine. Ignoring all the signs. <laughs> Man, if we could get that as our like intro and outro, I think that would be the perfect song. How much for your strong? How much do we have to pay you for for the rights? They seem like they'd be cool. Could we just take? Y'all aren't using it for anything. Can we just use yeah. your song? You guys aren't playing that live, right? You're not trying to monetize your music. Yeah, at this you're point. not. It's gonna be. It's only gonna be like five seconds of the song. It, you'll, y'all will be fine. Yeah, you're millionaires. You're basically. <laughs> I assume y'all are all millionaires. I see. I see a song that has a million plays on Spotify, and I go, "That guy must be a millionaire." That's a million dollars. Did you? Have you seen the uh, streams? Like, yeah, the dollar? rates or whatever. Yeah, dude. Uh, that's... And how Napster is like the most supportive streaming service right now. Can you like talk about biggest one eighty? Right, like who knew? Yeah, who could have ever known? Who knew Napster was still a thing? I didn't even know Napster was. I thought it was defunct. Maybe that's why it's so high. Is that they can like, yeah, we have ten people listen to our app. <laughs> <laughs> 10 times a day we have so we 10, can afford to give artists more yeah we have 10 billionaires that use our apps but it's it's like it's crazy that how many plays you have to get to get a buck you know yeah on what, any wasn't Spotify something like um, like a hundredth of a penny or something like that for every play or a tenth of a penny <sighs> it's something like that and this is this is something we've known for a long time but it's not like we've ever had I've never pers- I've never seen like all the services lined up yeah here's the number of plays and stuff we never seen the stats and somehow that got out recently in the last few weeks like i saw t-pain shared it on yeah, his i'm spot. sure they yeah. definitely didn't want that to be public no way <laughs> and, and t-pain was putting it out there uh sharing it on his twitter i think to be like you know there are other ways to get your music out there and other ways to make money like you can't rely on streaming at all no i mean i it, when we put our stuff on like Spotify and all that. We didn't expect to make a single dollar. I'm not sure we have made a single dollar. We've made I mean, I think we got, you know, something like a thousand plays and we got like twenty four dollars or something like that. But in any case, like That seems like too much. That's that can't way be the too case. Much. Yeah, that can't be it the must, case. It must a thousand plays twenty no, dude. Dude, everyone needs a fucking uh, Patreon now. It's like I'm waiting for every musician just to come out with a, with their own streaming service, like all the fucking TV channels. Well, I mean, Jay Z did try to do that. Yeah, there's title, right? I don't like. Is it still around? It might be. But oh, I don't for sure. Remember anyone? For sure. Into it. I think it was the second highest paying streaming service because that was their whole thing when they when title started. That's why Jay Z started it because he wants people. He wanted artists to get paid more. But even then, I think they got paid like a penny a play or I I want, I don't want to say it was 10 cents a play. I'm trying to remember the decimal point, you know, but either way, Even 10 cents a play. I'm waiting for, much. I'm waiting for Probably. white stripes plus, you know, that a streaming service of just white stripes. <laughs> I'm waiting for, for black keys, max. Right. Waiting for uh stick streams. Yeah. Fat, fat records. FM. <laughs> Whatever, it's gonna happen, dude. You know, you know, the record companies are trying to figure out how do we make our own. Let's stop using Spotify. Let's make our own fucking thing. Oh man, it's gonna it's, happen. Yeah, it's it's inevitable. It seems. You know, it's weird. Is that I never even thought about that until now, and it makes so much sense. But 
I mean, I'm smart. <laughs> Look, we all know you're a big smart boy. Yeah, I read right? I read one Philip K. Dick novel, and now I'm just like, dude, I know the future. You listen to one not comedy podcast, and suddenly <laughs> you think <laughs> you're on top of the world, dude. I've been listening to. I went back into audiobooks recently, and I've been listening to the Chariot of the Gods, and what a mind fuck that book is. Yeah, Chariot of the Gods is basically what Ancient Aliens is based off of, and it's uh, I don't know if you ever watched Ancient Aliens, have you? I mean, I've probably seen the worst of Ancient Aliens. I don't think I've ever. <laughs> You've seen like compilations on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I, I the mean, dumbest I, Ancient Aliens shit, Volume Three. <laughs> well, this uh, there was a German guy that's on there sometimes, like offering commentary, and he's the guy who wrote *Chariot of the Gods*. And I think it was it came out in 1970 or 1960 something, and it's all that shit about why do you know why do the Aztecs have statues that look like astronauts, and you know why was this how was this built with such precision without you know primitive tools like this this you know culture the civilization must have been more advanced than we ever thought and. Blah blah, and it's just a great novel if you just want to get mind fucked with facts. Get mind fucked with facts. Well, that's our uh, that's our fucking tagline for this podcast now. <laughs> that was Lucas's uh, book recommendation segment of the podcast. Chariot of the Gods, check it out. I uh, I plan on reading Gravity's Rainbow uh, soon. Which one's that one? Oh, I don't know. I just saw. <laughs> you know, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the, the, the stew is, from King Gizzards reading it, and you're like, I must read it. I, I just saw a, a review of it online, and I've it's heard like, of it. It's 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 apparently a very good, a very good book. Oh, uh, uh, so it's supposed to be a very bad book, right? No, it's a very good. book. Oh, okay. I didn't. I couldn't see. I can't tell when you're sarcastic or not. You're fu- you, you fucking Gen Zers or whatever. <laughs> It's just because I like I don't read books at all, right? But I've found out that people who do read books are putting reviews and synopses of books online, and that's what I've been doing for a little bit. I've been kind of watching stuff like that. You've been going into the world of like cliff notes. Yeah, basically, I'm watching video cliff notes because I've I've always I've just never. It's been a while since I've really gotten into a book. Yeah. But the last times I tried, just I don't really enjoy the book format. I don't enjoy like the writing styles and tropes of books. Usually, that um, was a the hard. That was what took the longest for me was fighting finding authors that I enjoy their writing style, and it took a long time. Um, but I I was just thinking about this today. Actually, I think Stephen King might be my favorite writer. His style just, it keeps you in it, man. It's very, he does a really good job of hinting at things. And if you're not paying attention, you don't catch the the hint. And then something, it pays off. Everything he writes, like there's not a lot of fluff. Everything pays off. And it's, mm. that that's what makes it really fun to read. And uh, even with audiobooks, man, like I would say try audiobooks a lot, but that's even super dependent on the, the narrator. If, if I listen to an audiobook, it's going to go one ear, not the other. <laughs> That's the problem, dude. The hardest part I have is finding what to do while I listen to an audiobook. Because I can't just sit there and stare. <laughs> <laughs> I can't just stare off into space because then I do totally zen out and I stop paying attention. 
I love listening to audiobooks when I'm driving, but then it's just like, you know, that's not that's not very green, Brett, to drive around and listen to audiobooks, you know? Well, it's just like for me, the way I process information, I have to like I have to write something down or else it's not gonna stick in my brain. Maybe that's what you can do. You, know? you can just take like fucking college notes while you're listening to an audiobook. Yeah. I'd have to just like literally take notes while listening to the audiobook, and at that point, why don't I just read the book? Yeah, that's true. I think reading uh, uh, might help keep your attention a little bit more than listening to an audiobook. I don't know. We'll see. Well, w- I mean, I mean, have, do you think we've kept the attention of the listener up to this point? Your earbooks <laughs> is on Thursday. That's true, Lucas. Guys, we're coming out with a, with a new uh, side project called Earbooks. It's where we talk about the latest and greatest audiobooks only. Yes. No physicals. Me and Brett wanted to start a uh, book club, and we thought, well, if we're going to do anything, it should be for a podcast. Because what's the fucking point if you're not making a podcast about it? If we're not, if you're not making content out of your hobbies, yeah. then what's the point? My life is content. That's all I am. That's why when I'm watching YouTube videos, I record myself on my phone just in case I get some nugs. <laughs> Just in case I say something funny. <laughs> and I have a good reaction. I can sell it <laughs> to people who want reactions. We need we need you to finish your uh, Meg White commentary video, man. Did you ever finish it? Oh, no. It was the Arx Bandits commentary video that you need to finish. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I have the, the Meg White ones online, as I think about a thousand people know. What, what is the title? Meg White's a wet poopy diaper or something? Yeah. I think it was either that or like Meg White is an overrated drummer, the most overrated drummer of all time. I love how on the nose that title is. <laughs> uh, Meg, what is a poopy diaper? Yeah, no, your, yours. Mine is a little more artistic. You have to uh, think, well, you have to think about it a little bit more with mine. <laughs> it has a couple more layers. Yeah, big wet poopy diaper. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, but no, man, I, I mean, I've been wanting to do a Mars Volta drum difficulty ranking Ooh. video i've wanted to do an rx bandits discog video yeah. but like i like i don't know man i can't i can't focus long enough and i'm making videos and for so long i've wanted to know how youtubers get b-roll for stuff you know right i mean that's like, how do that's you... pulling from a bunch of videos right I don't know. Like when when you when you watch an hour long RX Bandits video, there's like forty minutes of RX Bandits footage, right? And it's all from different places. It's all from different things. And surely, you they don't just go through YouTube to video downloader. Um, and they just go on YouTube, right? I'm ninety percent sure that's exactly what they do. There's no way. That's why you know that's why some YouTube videos take downloading videos. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like YouTube videos take forever for people like people who really want to put in that type of production because it's like you literally have to source other content, timestamp it, download it, edit it into your shit. Like I think that's exactly wow. what they do. It, I, I have the same mind for this as I do for traditional hand drawn animation, where it's like it's too difficult. I literally don't believe it happened. I, that's a, that's another rabbit hole that we can go into, man. We'll do ear, traditional uh, animation. Yeah. Ear animation buds. We'll do that. That comes out on Fridays. <laughs> we got a We got a full, Oh God. We have the shorties on Fridays too. Yeah. We got to should have been better about scheduling this. 2021 stuff. is booked at this point. <laughs> 
it's earbooked. It's earbooked. <laughs> and I am just, I mean, we got a lot to get into with the record that we're talking about today, Brett. Huh? <laughs> you know, I don't have much to say about it. But, uh, you know, before we get into it, let's just say, what's up, buddies? What's up, buddies? And welcome to the year 2022. How's it feel out there, y'all? How's the weather? Yeah. Yeah. How is it? We're in your neck of the woods. We're curious. Leave a comment. Subscribe. No. Hey, man. I'm talking to I'm talking to the listener. I'm glad you're feeling better. Yes. Yeah. We it, assume it that rough, you got sick. You, you stuck it out like a champ, you know, and you could have whined and you could have groaned, but you didn't. And you were cool about it and you're feeling better. And I'm proud of you. Yeah. I'm proud of you, too. And your reward for getting better and being such a strong little boy is uh, you get to listen to the Earbuds podcast where two friends talk about one album for one time only. One time? One time? Yeah. Yeah. We're doing it different in 2022. We're, we're, I'm already planning for the future. I'm, I'm already thinking about the end of the year. But, uh, you know. <laughs> my name's already Lucas. got the list ready. Your name's what? Uh, Brett. Brett, that's right. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's let's fucking get into it, man. Because today we're talking about an album that I brought to the table, and I'm super that's curious right. what Brett thinks about it. It is called "Enemy of the World" by Four Years Strong. The main thing I was thinking about every time I listened to this album was this question that I'm going to ask to you, Lucas: Why? Did you decide that this would be the first episode of the year? <laughs> Honestly, it was almost picked at random. I was looking at the list. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the list of uh, of you know albums that we had decided like at the beginning of last year that we wanted to talk about. You know, we had a list of like fifty records each, and yeah. this was on it. And I hadn't listened to this album in a while, and I love this record. So I wasn't sure if you had even heard Four Years Strong before, and knowing your punk background. I was like, you know what? This is going to be probably pretty interesting for Brett. And uh, and I'm curious what you think, man, because I really love this record. I I don't hate it. I, I like I don't I, I know I'm coming off real aggressive and toxic. Yeah, you're really right at the start. Yeah. But it's just like this is how you want to start off the year. <laughs> Yeah, I want to throw you for a punk ass album. Yes, I want to throw you for a loop. I thought, you know, talking about an album that came out in 2010 would be super timely. Yeah, it's pretty topical. Mm -hmm. This thing is a decade old now. It's the 10 year anniversary. Let's say that. That's why we did it. It, Well, it definitely isn't. Well, that's that's just your opinion, man. Well, it's kind of a fact, but when did this album come out? Give me 2010. Yeah. And it's oh, fuck. You're right. It's 12 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well it's a 12 year at anniversary least 11. at least 11 it's the 12 year uh, anniversary they did come out with a deluxe edition I assume on the 10th anniversary that I have not gotten into at all mm. I don't know if you listened to no it. I haven't listened to it um, um, but, but dude I mean this is it's very it's different right I thought I thought it would catch you off guard from the very start uh, my first impression was Okay, so this is kind of a metalcore thing. Cause the first song starts off with those like syncopated hits. Yeah. The voice comes in and he's like, and then I knew what the rest of the album sounded like. I was like, oh, okay. Right? It's so I get it. It's so unexpected. And it's such a fun mix of uh 
metalcore and pop punk that I'm it was it was like made for me, man. It it was I've never heard of this band before. Well, I heard of them, but I've never listened to any of their music. I had no idea what I was going into, but uh the album cover immediately kind of pissed me off. <laughs> it looks like it should be uh like a real big fish album cover. <laughs> it's so goofy and stupid. And to be honest, uh, if I had seen the album cover, I wouldn't have listened to the record based off of the uh, off of the album art at all. No, I definitely wouldn't have either. I would have There's actively about, avoided it because of the album art. There's something about this specific genre of album art where it's the guys and they're like, I don't know, I don't know. It's like it just, it's very cartoony. There's one guy that's like has wings and he's flying around wearing a speedo. Another guy who's a minotaur with like a fucking AK-47. Yeah, they all have guns. They're on top of a robotic shark and they're like, how crazy can we get? It's like, uh, I think they're kind of emulating a little bit the metalcore scene at this time too. Because you think of bands like Attack Attack and Devil Wears Prada. And uh, like A Day to Remember, they all had those like really bright colored monster art like really like graffiti colored monster art it all looked very comic booky very like right 90s yeah. animation looking and i think they're kind of emulating that a little bit uh but i you know after a while i realized that i should look at this album cover kind of the same way that i should look at this album which is like don't take it too seriously like just have fun yeah, man, because you, you know that they're not taking it that seriously. <laughs> no, you can tell from some of the track listings on here that they're not the most serious guys. Yeah. Even though their lyrics are usually pretty, you know, thoughtful. And they are. They can definitely talk about serious issues, but they also have songs that are called What the Hell is a Gigawatt? And, uh, Which you know, that's, you know, this body pays the bills. I love this body pays the bills. <laughs> that's such a great album. Uh, <laughs> Flannel is the color of my energy. That is so fucking great. Flannel is the color <laughs> of my energy. I love, uh, yeah, what the hell is a gigawatt is like a, a reference to Back to the Future. Yeah. I love the, the opening track title. It must suck to be four years strong right now. <laughs> yeah, right. And I love the story behind that. Do you know the story that- behind it? It was like the last sentence of a of like a review of their last album, I believe. No, it was. I think it was the first sentence of a review of a Set Your Goals album, because Four Year Strong's debut record came out in two thousand six, I think, and they were one of the. I I don't know. I think they were probably like the strongest group in playing this type of music at the time. I don't want to say they were the only ones. But they that album kind of blew up for them, and everyone was like, "Whoa, what a cool mix of pop punk and metalcore and hardcore punk!" And so they kind of made a big splash on their uh, debut record. And then I think a year later, "Set Your Goals" came out with their record. And "Set Your Goals" I think is arguably has become way more popular than Four Year Strong" through the years. And I think Set Your Goals is they do the really similar thing like pop punk with metalcore and breakdowns. And I think their breakdowns a little heavier. I think they're a little heavier than Four Year Strong. But uh, the reviewer said it must really suck to be Four Year Strong right now when <laughs> Set Your Goals came out. Because it's like these guys just fucking blew your record out the water. Oh, man. So I love that. It's like their next record that came out. They're like, let's call it 
Let's call the first track. It must really suck to be a career straw right now. <laughs> uh, but apparently this album was great for them as well. Yeah, it was big. I mean, um, there's tracks on here that have 9, 10 million plays on them. Jeez. Yeah. That, I'll take those fucking plays. Good. Yeah. It's pretty not bad. Our band had 18 listeners last month. I'll take the 10 million plays any day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, these are they have two main vocalists. Yes. Which is something that is very apparent through the record. Not very apparent. Because of their voices or anything, but that there is nary to little uh, space without someone saying something in any song <laughs> it's true yeah that's a good point there's very little instrumental moments or like interludes on this there's a lot of constant vocals well even even like discluding that stuff like it when it's just a regular verse where a vocalist would usually breathe <laughs> uh, the other vocalist jumps in, in yeah before the other guy's even done saying anything. And that happens a lot throughout this album. It does, yeah. And, and it never really is tiring for me, though. Is it? Does it kind of wear you out? It's a little... I, it, I wouldn't say it's overwhelming, but it is kind of like always on, and it's a little hard to focus on the instrumentals of the songs a little, maybe because of it. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I love it, but there is, I do like one guy's voice over the others. And it's, unfortunately I don't know who's who, uh, <laughs> but I do like the, I would say he's the main vocalist. Uh, he sings most of the time. The other guy has kind of a, a harsher voice and he does, I think most of the screaming too. And then it kind of reminds me of like, um, Alexis on fire a little bit where, one of the singers has a very specific voice, and the other one has a pretty specific voice too. And it's like the blend of them's cool, but I like one over the other. Uh, yeah, I believe I I read on the Wikipedia the credits, and it was it was like the the two dudes, and then there was the keyboardist who did non clean vocals. Is what the credit was. Oh, so he did the screaming. So he was doing like the screaming, though this was his last album with them yes yeah um which i kind of don't miss him because he doesn't really stand out well, at all no he really doesn't have <laughs> any outstanding or even regular standing parts on this record yeah he he definitely flies under the radar the keyboards um the few times that i point that i could point it out was fine but i don't think it really added anything at all even when i could hear it no, the few times where you could even notice the keyboardist, I think they could have done that part on guitar and it wouldn't be that much different. And to be fair, that's like 90% of keyboardists. Like when... Yeah. And I love Synthesizer. We both do. So I want to hear them shits. Turn them up. Maybe it's... Put like, them in the mix. I don't know. Were they too scared? Were they too scared for anyone to hear the keys in this in this stuff? To be fair, this music doesn't need keys. It doesn't need uh, synth. No. Yeah. No. When I was, I was surprised to find there was a keyboardist in this band when I looked yeah. it up, and I had already listened to this album like twice. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I had listened to this album many times before preparing for this podcast, and uh, the keys just really. There was one or two moments throughout the whole record that they that they stood out to me. But uh, I mean, despite like how little, how quiet they were in the mix, I will say overall though. The production on this album is fucking awesome. 
I mean, the drums sound fantastic for sure. How good are those drums, dude? They're they're nice and they're exactly what you want these drums to be. They're big, punchy, they're punchy. Yeah, they're tight. Um, and then the vocalists are also uh, really good. I mean, they're like the main priority in in the music, like most other songs. Yeah, they uh, they can, and I love that they have group vocals where they're harmonizing sometimes. So it sounds like a lot of people in the band can sing. You know, I respect yeah, right. that. Like in wasting There's, time, the ooh. Yeah, they have the kind of ooh, ooh, you know, stuff Dude, in some songs. They uh, they did a cover of So Much for the Afterglow by Everclear. And that whole intro of, of, you know, I don't know if you know So Much for the Afterglow, but it's all vocals at the beginning. And they do like a four-part harmony in their cover of it, and it sounds awesome. But yeah, the, Too many vocalists in this band. I know, man. It just seems like these guys are so in sync. Like, cause you talk That's about true. the, the crisp, the, everything is so crisp and they're so tight. Every, like the playing is so tight on this record. And when you have the really crisp, clean production of the drums and the guitars are like loud and just really distorted and crunchy, but they're syncopated really well with the drums, dude. Everything just sounds so tight on this record. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it it has to be tight, right? The metalcore elements of it require it to be tight. Yeah, they, but they do it so well. They do it so well, and it se- it it sounds like they practice so much because <laughs> there's so many little digitin digitin, so many little like hiccup beats that they mix in, you know, and uh, yeah, and they pull it off so so well. And uh, their album that came out before this, which was called Explains It All. It was a 90s cover record. And if you haven't listened to that, I mean, they cover like Fly by Sugar Ray. Okay. And Ironic and uh, uh, In Bloom and a, a bunch of other songs. And they totally make it their own. And they're really good covers. And they do, they cover Spiderwebs by No Doubt. Ooh, okay. They have horns on it. It's great. Yeah, I might check that out. That one's a good one. And my favorite is how that song ends because they don't cover any metal songs on the record, but they end Spiderwebs with a fucking Pantera riff. Ooh. And it's so sick, dude. <laughs> it was like, no more hack traps. It's like, oh God. It's like, oh, you guys man. just played Spiderwebs and ended it with Pantera. And I just, I love how like this record in particular, and I've listened to all their other ones, but this record enemy of the world. is just so fun. It's such fun it's music. Very, yeah, it's something that I I enjoyed a lot more when I just told myself to kind of have fun with it and not look at it so critically. Yeah, if you take it too seriously, you're going to hate it. I read reviews of this record where one one review was raving and saying they loved it and it was so much fun and blah, blah, blah. And the other review was like, this is not metalcore. This is not pop punk. This is not hardcore punk. Like, what the fuck is this? I hate it. Like they, they're well, they're almost a joke, blah blah. And I'm just like, yeah, it is kind of a joke. That's kind of the point. Every like it, most of their songs are just like fun. Yeah, it's stuff that you you just like it's perfect audience music if there was such a thing as like arena pop punk. Right? Because it's uh, so catchy. There's so many sing along so moments. There's, you you scream along with the lines. Yeah. There's a good amount of gang vocals. The choruses are always, 
you know, you can just imagine people all singing it together and stuff. Even on the songs that are what I are weaker for me and I still enjoy them, but they're, I just kind of, you know, they don't stand out as much. They still have ridiculously catchy choruses. The verses right. might not keep me in it, but like something like Paul Revere's Midnight Ride has such a good chorus. But that song is kind of like, you know, probably one of my least favorites. Yeah, I think there are definitely some less memorable <laughs> songs on here. Yeah, and I would say that's more towards like the the last third of the album for me. Yeah. It falls off a little bit or like after one step at a time. You know, sure. I feel like, and I mean, after a song like "One Step at a Time," which is uh, a great song. Yeah, that it's, that it's chorus, like, dude. Because it's like, what is it? It's warmer where you are. How does that go? Um, I mean, while we're on that song, I love the lyrics. I love uh, every year, like, you know. Every year November gets closer, and every year gets a little bit colder. Yep. You know, it, like I thought that was just a cool line, and knowing it's very emo. the story behind this song, where it's the uh, one of the members' like brothers uh, died from cancer, I believe. Yeah. And then you, uh, and then they write such a like touching pop punk song that's also so catchy and fun that chorus though, right and it's like Cause I, don't... I know it's warmer where you are is so catchy and emo and i love it there's there's just no way i could ever write this music because there's no way i could write a, a song like that and i could write those lyrics and then i could like let's put a fun riff in here you know yeah like imagine writing a fun song that means so much to you. And it's so, again, like so catchy. And that chorus, it's like, you can tell there's so much like, I, I, I prefer the major songs on this record. They're just more fun. I don't like the minor key songs as much. Mm. Cause I just like, I want them to be catchy and fun. You know, that's the pop punk part, but this is one yeah. of those that's like minor key. You can tell that they're a little more serious on this song. And that chorus is just so well composed and so, catchy and such a beautiful melody that I, I just, I knew that there was a, a story behind it without knowing, you know? Right. And I feel like it's after that where like, where it goes into this body pays the bills and Paul Revere's midnight ride and flannel is the color, color of my energy, which are not bad songs at all, but they don't stand up to some of the other ones on this record. Uh, they definitely don't stand up to that one in particular. Yeah. Well, I mean, fucking, it sounds like we have a choice nug here maybe not okay okay interesting uh, should we get into it i think it's about time man i mean is there anything else that you wanted to say as a whole about the record um as a whole i i said this a little before the lyrics are surprisingly thoughtful i think mm -hmm. uh very they choose to be inspiring more often than not they choose to try to encourage courage yeah, for and sure. They're very uplifting like, a lot of times. Right. Yeah. Even when they're, you know, talking about uh, depressing stuff like that, I think they always try to have an optimistic turn on it, which is something I appreciate and something I don't really see 
a lot in the music I listen to, at least. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's something that it's uh, commendable that you can write, you know, a really good pop punk song, something that's going to be universally catchy and, you know, uh, be able to write on such a serious topic. And then when you actually start paying attention to the lyrics, you're like, oh, these guys are like pretty fucking positive and optimistic. And um, that you don't see that. You don't hear that a lot of music, you know, especially music I like. I fucking hate positive music. <laughs> right. I And I certainly couldn't write. I've tried to write positive songs and none of them have sounded good no. yet. I'm going to keep trying. But, <laughs> God damn it. You know, well, I was I wanted to like say that I was a little worried that you were going to be uh, upset by the excessive use of the double bass on this album. Because they uh, use it a lot. No, I think the only time I'm really upset at double bass is when it's every chorus. Right, right. And like, it's just the simple excessive patterns that annoy me. Okay. When they're just using it to like sync up with some fast hits, like that doesn't. You know, that doesn't annoy me or anything. Okay, good. Because immediately after I suggested this record, that's what I thought. I was like, oh no. <laughs> I just said oh, a super double bass heavy album. Nah, I'm not I'm not so staunchy All right. that I'd be mad. Because also, I mean, you can see that there's a lot of musicianship. You can hear it on this album. So the drummer's For not sure. relying on something. He's not falling back on something. Like, he's a great drummer. No, yeah. Like, a, on uh, Wasting Time... He does use a lot of kick, but he's also doing a lot of other stuff. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, before we finally go into the choice snugs, the last thing I wanted to say is, I mean, the overall, there's there's a through line on this whole album that just sounds very 90s to me. Did you pick up on any of that? Uh, you know, I was at max four years old during the 90s. So, okay. So it's hard to tell. So you have no idea. Well, to me, it just sounds super, super 90s, almost... Like the the only comparison I could think of was if Sixpence None the Richer decided to make like a punk metalcore record. <laughs> Kiss me, Ex- dude. Yeah, under the Milky Twilight. Every song sounds like "Kiss Me" to me. Like the melodies. What are you talking? I don't know, about, man. Dude? I have like synesthesia in a weird way, in a different way. That's not really synesthesia. Where it's like I hear something and I just grab onto like, what does that remind me of? And it's always random, and no one ever agrees with me. Okay, so <laughs> on this I don't, front, I'm not I looking for your acceptance. Agree with you. All right, well, maybe you should. I don't want your agreeance. Maybe, maybe you should be looking for that more often. <laughs> when suggesting records for the fucking podcast, especially. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's get into it. What is your first choice, Snug? It is time. It is time. It is time for choice, Snugs. It is time. It is time. It is time for choice, Snugs. My first choice nug man, uh, it's track number three. Wasting, wasting time. time, all along you were just wasting mine. mine, ignoring all the signs that light away out of our prime. Yeah. That is one of my it's... choice nugs as well. Really? I fucking love this song. But I don't care. This is definitely one of those major songs. Yes, dude. Probably the most major song on this record. It's so fucking happy sounding. 
It's so yeah. catchy. Well, it's a if I remember correctly, it's kind of about this certain era uh that they lived through like the sum the summer of 2003 or whatever and it was like the best time of their lives and yeah i think i think everyone has that summer right uh i guess it remains to be seen from myself (laughs) you haven't peaked with your summers yet i haven't peaked yet i'm still i'm still rising up (laughs) you're just bubbling right now (laughs) but i mean i don't know if i was in four years strong I'm sure my summer 2003 would have probably been the best one too. Probably, man. Yeah, I I love the guitar, the super simple guitar during the verses. Just like just singing, like playing one notes. The drums sound so fun on this record, on this album, or on this song specifically. Oh yeah, it's just he's just kind of riding on the toms while the double kick is going, doing these weird like snare fills and then when the chorus like busts out finally and they go back and forth from doing like four four time to just like cutting it in half yeah right uh and the ooze the ooze and ahs are so fun man they're way too good at their ooze and ahs man i know they almost sound like afi on some songs (laughs) like uh tonight we feel alive like was very afi ish for me at times with the woes but yeah. that fucking the last minute of wasting time is how fun is that, dude? I mean, that's a that's a that's a last song in the in the nasty bar. Yes. Type of song for sure. That's like all my pop punk friends, I just want to get drunk and sing this song at the top of our lungs. <laughs> it's it's kind of um, like uh dude, I tried it for ask my friend Chris, who has known me since I was eight years old, ask him how long I've been trying to make. Um, oh man, what's that Flogging Molly song that everyone loves? Drunken lullabies. Uh, is it drunk? It's it's the one that's like he's singing in the beginning. I'm of that and I lost my leg. No, that's Dropkick Murphys. That's Dropkick Murphys. Oh my god. In the meantime. Oh my god. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little hint to what my next nug is gonna be. Oh, okay. Drop drop a little hint on me here. It's not within the first ten songs. <laughs> and there's eleven songs on this record. So what does that tell you, Lucas? Uh, that tells me that we had the same two choice nugs on this album. Let's go. <laughs> we are synced up at the beginning of 2022, the new year. It is, I mean, it's it's about goddamn time we had the same choice nugs again. <laughs> I'm glad it was for the first episode, because now, for the rest of the year, I don't have to worry about it, and I could just choose whatever trash songs I want. Yeah, that's true. You can, <laughs> like, we don't have to agree for the rest of the year now. <laughs> but before we get into that song, it was the Flogging Molly song that goes, His eyes, they closed, and his last breath spoke. He had seen all to be seen. A life once full, now an empty vase with the colors of his early grave. Walk away, me boy, walk away, me boy, and by morning we'll be free. Wipe the golden tear from your mother dear and wave what's left of the flag for me. 
and the rosary beads got the one, two, three. So I tried to get right. that going as a drinking song with my friends for like 10 years and no one ever bit. No one ever got on the hook. <laughs> no one ever wanted to do it. And I was like, guys, come on. This is a tradition. We sing this song because we're drunk. And no, no one ever wanted to do it. It's a, it's a tradition of you. It was the, it was, hey, that's what I get for trying to start a goddamn tradition with my friends. They just shut me down. Well, I'm sorry to say that I have not heard that song. I, I couldn't do it with you if I wanted. Oh, man. It's a good one. It's a classic Flogging Molly song. But before we get into our ch- second choice now, did you have any honorable mentions? From Enemy of the uh, World by Four Years Strong? You know, One Step at a Time is a really good song. It's a really good song. Uh, and I liked uh, It Must Really Suck to Be Four Years Strong right now. Great opening track. But when I, you know, when it came down to it, I landed on these ones pretty quick. Yeah, I did too. And they've been my favorites on this record since the first time I heard it. And it, it didn't change this Dang. time around. But I, I will say I love both of those songs also. And I like um, What the Hell is a Gigawatt a lot. <laughs> that's that's really, really catchy. Um, I love when the drums are doing a half beat of what the guitars are doing. Like when the guitars are strumming right. super fast and the guitars are going half or the drums are going half. I'm, I'm such a sucker for that. So like, I love that part of that song too. And, uh, and I'm not, I was going to say, I'm not really a big fan of the bridges. I don't think they have great bridges on this record, but they do the bridges that are basically metalcore breakdowns. I love. Of course. <laughs> like 19 with uh, neck and, and stuff. I, I will be remiss if I don't mention my favorite part on the album uh my favorite little thing on the entire record on uh 19 with neck tats mm-hmm. time to find to bring it back down oh uh, dude right it's so catchy that's that's my favorite part on the entire record is that little vocal <laughs> down oh man i love that i love when there's like just a tiny half second moment like that that you just like glob onto oh they d- I think they do it like in the next song, like a little bit, but it, no, I I had to mention. There's that. nothing left to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's the kind of vocals that I want to be doing in my songs. I know when they do like the pop punk. Head back town. And I, my favorite line is uh, on the spot. He pays the bills, and he goes, "You couldn't hit a fly if you were standing on a pile of shit." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a great line. All right, man. Well, uh, our both our second choice nugs. We have the same two. Enemy of the world. Enemy of the world. I mean, how could you not choose it? It's triumphant. It's epic. That fucking queen has, intro. Right. Oh. And it has those like. It has them doing those harmonies throughout the song. You know. And then you have that. If you're right from the start, then we're in this together. Yeah. Uh, so like, kind of like stop and starts at the intro. So hype, dude. It's very hype, and I love how this is one of the few songs where like the the drums like go double time in the chorus. Yeah, and I think it makes it it makes it really cool. It makes it hit so hard, and what's even better is the pre-chorus is like, so it's kind of chugging. Yeah. Uh, I'm afraid. 
too. Yeah, and then they have like that scratchy megaphone vocal doing the. Yeah, so classic like pop punk early two thousands. Like I love it. I've done that a lot of times just myself. (laughs) It's a great fallback, man. It's uh, uh yeah, this one this is one of the ones that is like one of the heaviest on the record too. Yeah, for sure. Their riffage is fucking sick on this song. Like I I think it's right after the first chorus or maybe after the second verse or something when he has it there's this little section where the drums are just going off and the guitars are hitting like the cymbals with them. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, that it's, was a cool part. Yeah, it's like the interlude in between the chorus and the verse. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And then you have that just like awesome bridge. Oh, ah, yeah. And then they come back with the for like a one last chorus. It's so fun, dude. Such a great way to end the record too. Yeah, it's just a it's just a great end to the album. I'd say this was definitely the best song to put at the end, even though uh, Wasting Time is probably the best song to have at the end of the show. Yes, I agree. I think Wasting Time would have been just as good of an outro, but uh, Enemy of the World is is a great way to go out, man. Um, these guys know how to, it, how to do a, a you know intro-outro track, for sure. Oh, yeah. I, I think they, they definitely said, we want to go out on top with this last song. We want to tell people we're here to stay. We don't plan on going anywhere. Uh, yeah, they made even a... if I'm the enemy of the world, I'm gonna be doing my thing or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I, I think it was kind of them putting their stake down a little bit and being like, yeah, bring it. Like, listen to this fucking song. And I, I gotta say, uh, like, you know, this a, a lot of the reasons that these songs hit so hard and are so good is because of the production. Uh, the songwriting is incredible, but I have to call out the producer, which his name is The Machine. The Machine. And his early discography is uh, pretty impressive, man. Uh, I mean, I like his stand-up, but what other stuff has he like produced? You're a big Burt Kreischer guy? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bit of a Burt. I'm surprised by that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone's heard that story. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. I, I like Burt. He's just I, I don't think he is a good comedian. I think he just has a great laugh. So he's great for podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean his uh, his early stuff. He did a White Zombie record in the mid mid nineties. Then he went on to do like Lost Profits, uh, Clutch, Pitch Shifter. So he was kind of in that Clutch. like new metal. Yeah, he was kind of in that new metal era. And then he did King Crimson, a few of their records. And then you go into like what? Yeah. And then he did uh, Lamb of God. Every time I die. Mindless Self-Indulgence, Fallout Boy, Armor for Sleep, uh, Gym Class Heroes. Jeez. Okay, so this guy's just been around. Yeah, man. He did my favorite Haste the Day record. And then he goes on to like Suicide Silence, Four Year Strong, Kyoto's, Protest the Hero. He's he's killing it, dude. And he definitely like took the best of everything that Four Year Strong does and made it all so cohesive to, to have something sound, to have guitar and drums that sound just as good playing pop punk as they do playing metalcore is a pretty fucking big achievement. And I got, I got to give it to the machine for that. That's all I got to say about that. Well, would it, would it have been a contender for best producer of 2021? Um, man up against 
like infest the rat's nest and again stew and LP stew, and uh, uh, bright light social hour. No, no, those 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 are much better production. But all right, well that's how that's how I'm gonna like humble you after uh, <laughs> every opinion. It was like, well, would it have been better than uh, the award show? You're like, no. Well, then, then keep it to yourself. Well, then it's not that good, then, is it? <laughs> <laughs> then maybe think harder yourself, next time. <laughs> Point taken. Jeez. Joke landed. Joke landed. Well, let's hear your joke of a fucking rating. What is your Uh, well, I think this album is good for a good time. Uh, for a one songs, good time? Mm, you could get three good times out of this in a week. That's, that's not bad. But you got to skip a week after that. For sure. So I guess you need it's to three cleanse. times every two weeks, yeah. Do a colon cleanse in between listenings. Uh, <laughs> critically, uh, I'd say the songs do blend a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's it's all, you know, they know what they are and they're sticking with it. It's not like they're doing anything crazy or out of the box. Right. Even though their initial concept of being like a metalcore mm. pop punk band is already out of the box. Yeah, for sure. They're they're pretty unique and original. I love it. But, you know, it makes it makes so much sense that it's almost not out of the box at all. Right. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Like, it, they fit it in so well that it makes me wonder if it was even a crazy idea in the first place. Right. It it works, man. They pull it off. Uh, So, I'm going to give this one... It's not going to be the biggest rating. I'm going to give this one a straight 6.0. Okay. That's not bad. I'll take yeah, it. I, <laughs> well, you're going to have to. Yeah. I accept it. I mean, I don't have to, you know... I don't have to like it. <laughs> as a as a fan of like I'm not I'm not the biggest pop punk fan. You know, okay. obviously like my my first dives into music was like Green Day and Blink-182 and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh but it, I never really got further than surface level. Yeah, you, you grew uh, up so too quick. I grew up, you know what? <laughs> I grew look, I live life too fast. You saw like some shit. Yeah, you don't have time for pop punk. I'm just always moving. I'm always driving. I'm always riding. I don't got time to sit back and smell the daisies, you know? You know, it's you're not as desperate and love hungry as I was when I was a teenager to you don't love pop punk enough. You know, you just gotta no, think of your I, crushes and listen to pop punk and it's like all you do in high school. Well, I mean, look, I hate school. I hate this town. <laughs> you know, so God. I don't I don't So you just listen to Less Than Jake? Because that's what all their songs are about. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Less Than Jake better. I love Less Than Jake. I, I would say whatever goes on the ska side of pop punk is a little more favorable. You're more of a fan. Me. Yeah, I got it. Like Real Big Fish, Less Than Jake. Yeah, yeah. Cash 22, maybe. Uh, Pennywise. Pennywise? I, I never liked Pennywise. They have, a, they have some good songs. I don't think I could listen to an album. I don't like the singer, uh, and I don't like their production. Okay. And I don't, well, I don't know about how much I like you after this. You okay. <laughs> All right. You better watch your tone or else I'm going to just get us to listen to that first Pennywise record. Well, maybe I need to be, I need exposure therapy to Pennywise. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do (laughs) something on my list. But before we do that, what is your 
rating of this record that you've obviously like did you listen to this when it first came out no i discovered this album probably five years ago um i don't even know okay i can't even remember how i discovered it but uh i fell for it immediately the the blend of of pop punk and metalcore and just like little splashes of hardcore stuff in there and then also like kind of 90s alternative stuff uh it's almost like it was made for me man like i said at the beginning of the episode it's i there's nothing to dislike about it. It's, it's so much to offer for me, and I enjoy it, and it's so fun. But I will agree that their um, their songs do kind of blend in. There's a lot of times where I'm listening to them, and I don't know what song I'm listening to until the chorus. You know, uh, mm-hmm. so their choruses are very unique and they stand out, and they're all really good. But there are moments where I'm just like, I don't, I don't. A, I don't know the titles of any of their songs, but B. It's kind of like, okay, this is just more of the same. And then it gets to the chorus. I'm like, oh yeah, I love this fucking song. You know, so there's a lot of those moments. And this and the last third of the record um, is a little weaker for me. I don't really like those songs as much, even though they're not bad at all. So I'm going to give this a rating of... You know, I was going to give it a 7 point something, but I got to say, like, I'm going to give it an 8.0. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because you it, bumped it up at the end there. I did, because I thought a 7.8... I love it more than a 7.8, but to give it higher than an 8 for me is is kind of like a little uh dishonest. As much as I like this record, I don't I don't think it's it's that good to get it higher than that, but I still love this album a lot. All right, well there you go. There you go, buds. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh you can check out our other stuff on YouTube or Instagram. Yeah. EVP cast. Uh, we have a little website. Anywhere you can find podcasts is where you can find any of our stuff. We might have uh, a new fucking logo coming out soon. Check, you know, keep your eyes open for that. Uh, uh, we might be able to finagle a new intro slash outro by the time this episode comes out. That's a big. Ooh, okay, okay. But we'll see. Um, well, thanks for <laughs> listening. We buddies. got it. We got four years strong has got to email us back. So we it, we're kind yeah. of we're still holding out for wasting sure. time. Um, yeah. Get get at us for your strong. If anyone's listening to this that knows them, so just send them a note. Send them just, a note on our just text them on our behalf. Real quick. Yeah. Well, uh, what would you uh, what do you want to listen to next time, man? Because you know we're trying to get guests on here. It's hard to schedule this shit. Um, you know our friends are busy. We're we're trying to get people on. Uh, so you might just be forced to listen to us, just the two of us again on the next episode. <laughs> and in case we can't get our friend on here that we've been trying to schedule. What would you want to talk about on the next episode? Uh, all right. So if our if we can't get our guest, which seems more likely than not, right? Uh, we are going to listen to something I've given you a little preview of previously. Hmm. It's by a band called Diablo Swing Orchestra. Uh-huh. And it's an album called Pandora's Pinata. Dang, you're gonna put me on a swing album for the next episode. Oh, it's a it's a whole lot of things, Lucas. Oh boy. Oh, I remember this band now. Oh, holy fuck! All right, let's get into get it. Get ready. I I want to start this year off with a bang. Let's get into it, man. This is gonna be crazy. All right, all right, <laughs> buddies. Listen to Pandora's Pinata by Diablo Swing Orchestra before next week. Okay, promise us that. That's your homework. That's your homework. All right. Well, we're not we're not taking any more IOUs anymore. 
No, we're checking that was in. 2021. We're taking attendance this year. The principal got on our ass yeah. last year about how chill we were. We're losing our state funding. We were smoking weed in the classroom, and I thought that that was fine. I thought we were fucking cool for that. Yeah, the kid, the students liked us a lot more. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, but you but. you hooked up with one of the students. We don't have to get into it. You know. Well, I mean, they were older than me. It was a community college. It's true. It was all ages. The lady was like 60, I think. <laughs> well, she wasn't quite. <laughs> well, no. God, this is so embarrassing, but she was 99. Oh, was it Betty White? Too soon. Too soon. Uh, thank you guys all for right. uh, <clears throat> listening to uh, the episode. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. I'll see you on the flip-flop. I'm going to rate this a 9.8. I'm going to rate this an 8.9. And I'm going to say this was good. I'm going to say this was good. And I'm going to say three, two, one, cut it.